Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Um, Okay, so, Sea Witches is a biannual print publication with the eternal theme of water. Within the water theme, we've explored menstruation, mental health, white privilege, technology, environmental issues, and more. Every issue has an artist in residence and there, you know, and writers and other artists. There's a whole list of names here, but I don't want to, you know, bore you more than I have. So I'm going to skip the name list. And go, and go right down to whether you love oceans with wild waves, lakes that leave your skin smelling of fresh dirt, pools with sunlight slithering across blue paint, or a good soak in the tub. We think you'll like what you find with sea witches. Margaret Seeley is an artist and writer based in San Francisco. She publishes Sea Witches. She has a background in graphic design and a love of language. Her passion sits at the intersection of good design, typography, and books. And when she's not working, you'll find her surfing, letterpress printing, shaping surfboards, avoiding plastic, or and or listening to vinyl records. Olivia Van Dam, who's also here to talk with us today, works for the California Academy of Sciences in expanded learning and youth programs, is a member of Environmental Educators of Color, and has spoken at the This Way to Sustainability and Institute for Women Surfers and PGMONE Summit. I, and there's a lot more. That was a shortened version. Okay. Um, through environmental justice policy work and advocacy, she hopes to continue to make the California coast more accessible to all Californians, which I love. That's great. Thank you. I'm so happy to be presenting these two awesome and incredible people here with us today. Please join me in welcoming Margaret Seeley and Olivia Van Dam. Thank you so much. That was a wonderful intro. Yeah. Um, I'm Margaret Seeley, and this is Olivia Van Dam, and we're really happy to be here. Um, I started Sea Witches um, in 2017 because I really love um, the ocean and the sea and water and the community that surrounds it. So I'm actually from Ohio. And I moved to California 10 years ago and started trying to learn how to surf. And I didn't know anyone. And it was really hard and scary. And um, slowly over time, I met other surfers. And slowly over time, I discovered films, not many, but films (laughs) and books and magazines and articles that were um, about my experience and um, images that looked a little bit more like me. And so... um, as a writer and someone who is really passionate about creating beautiful spaces that people can get really excited about, I wanted to start making my own media and um, creating more and more images and telling more stories from diverse perspectives. So this is kind of like my love letter to um, our community and just a way to continue the stoke. Um, Mm -hmm. On a nuts and bolts level, 
Um, we're actually based in the Bay Area, so we're all in town from San Francisco. Uh, mm -hmm. We drove down to be here, and um, Skylight Books has been carrying Sea Witches from the very beginning, and um, that means a whole lot to us. So, yeah. yeah, they've been an incredible partner, and we're really happy to be here. So, um, without further ado, I would like to um, pass it over to Olivia to share a little bit so about good. yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think what I always talk about and what my passion and maybe you heard from the introduction um, is just the connection with nature and um, sharing that connection with people um, despite their background, despite um, their income level, despite you know barriers that they've had. And so I've been really dedicated to breaking down barriers and um, introducing mostly youth of color um, in San Francisco and in Oakland um, to the water and to the ocean and to surfing. Um, through two nonprofits, and I've worked in environmental education nonprofits since the beginning of my career. So it's been really amazing to see the support for getting um, other youth out and support from volunteers and from the surf community at large and trying to change what that scene looks like and to start to slowly change the culture to become more inclusive and, and more diverse um, within surfing. And um, I feel as though my experience with the water has been transformational in many different ways. And been, it's also been complex. Um, it hasn't been an easy journey necessarily. There's been times where I feel like I don't belong or I feel as though maybe I shouldn't be out there. But then there's times where I feel really confident and really excited and like I can be a role model for other um, young girls that look like me or, or who are Latina. Um, so that's a little bit of what my poem is about and me exploring my identity um, as a mixed race, like Latina and white um, woman and in the environmental education field and just in surfing and in the community um, at large and kind of what it means to be a leader within that space um, can look really different. So I... Um, this piece actually was really inspired by my first trip to Mexico, um, where my family is from. And we went to Puerto Vallarta and um, Sayulita, and I got to like surf where like my ancestors are from for the first time. And that was like so incredible. I mean, it was warm water. Um, it was really beautiful. And I saw manta rays like next to me and fish and turtles and it was just a really cool experience to be in the same country where my family is from, um, where my grandmothers are from. And my grandma, um, Martha, and my uncle, John, um, both of their ashes are um, in the Pacific Ocean. They were both um, passed away and they're both in Alcapuco. And so when I surf, um, I think of them and I feel connected to them because that's where they are. Um, and so that's a really special um, part of what surfing has become for me. It's like me connecting to those two family members that passed away during my childhood um, and visiting them and enjoying myself and knowing that when I'm catching waves, they would be so proud of me. So yeah, that's kind of a little story <laughs> to share about the poem and yeah, the song. Um, so this is, I'm actually a songwriter, and my partner, Jameson, who's here, we, we make music together. And 
this, sometimes I write lyrics first and then I come up with a tune or I'll have a chorus that gets stuck in my head and then I'll write the words. Um, so this is like a song that's in that process, but I was really excited to submit it to Sea Witches and just where it's at. So the chorus is um, ready to be sung, so I'm gonna sing the chorus for you all and the verses um, I will read. So this is called Tu Pertenaces Nadar Mija. Swim, nadar. When the water first touches my toes, there is hesitation, but then an invitation, beckoning me to submerge, a thought that it is not the perfect moment, a reinforcing feeling that it is. Knowing my body will enjoy the refreshing moment of escape into a world that we all know so little about, Pushing the hesitation aside, my heartbeat begins to accelerate. My melanin-toned skin begins to anticipate. I take a step forward. Tu pertenaste aquí, mija. Estás hecho de agua. Naciste en el agua y el agua Instead of butterflies in my stomach, jellyfish are bobbing. Instead of the shade of trees, it's the kelp that keeps me at ease. Water, it sustains, entertains dreams of becoming like it, of living underneath the surface forever. With whale sharks and manta rays greeting me, coexisting with the waves that are beginning to teach me. Swimming effortlessly as if I had gills and fins, an imaginative state of mind as I sense the rising tide. Now I am at my waist. Tu pertenaste aquí, mija. Estás hecho de agua, naciste del agua, y al agua volverás. Halfway in a world where the mountains are the protector, and the other half where the coral reefs are the protector. A familiar feeling living between two worlds, where I am brown, but I have a white last name, where part of me is accepted and the other part is tokenized. Where I don't speak Spanish fluently, but I can cook tamales y pozole in my kitchen. Being asked, what are you? And questioned about my identity everywhere that I go. Coexisting, drifting between two worlds, brown and white, land and sea. Refocusing and listening to the waves and the seabirds call. I focus on my plunge. How will I move my arms overhead? How will my feet mimic the powerful tail of un delfin? How will the breath that I take enable me to enter this aquatic world? And my reality will feel different. I am ready. I trust my body. I feel as though all of the creatures of the ocean are singing to me in unison. Tu pertenastes, you belong. 
This is a sweet melody. I am being welcomed home. The turtles dance and swim with delight. The dolphins, they sing songs of joy. The otters, they clap as they lay on the kelp. The schools of fish create a safe haven. When I swim, I am one of them. Tu pertenaste aquí, mija. Estás hecho de agua. Naciste en el agua. Y el agua volverás. Swim. Nadar. <laughs> Thank you so much, Olivia. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, if you want, you can grab a seat. I'm going to take everyone a little see witches tour, and you can come yeah. back up, and we'll do a, um, cool. a few love questions. Great. Thank you so much. You. A little quick story about Olivia. Um, I surfed in Ventura this morning. <laughs> I was getting out of my wetsuit, and I heard someone behind me say, is that Margaret? <laughs> and it was these two ready to jump in the ocean. That was just, like, super special. This whole trip has been amazing. I started down the coast at 6 a.m. on Friday morning, and it was a caravan with three women from Santa Cruz, two women from Santa Cruz, myself from um, the Bay Area, and it was just, like, really amazing <laughs> barreling down the 101 with, like, three women and no surfer left behind. I couldn't go as fast as they were going because I had my um, surfboard on the top of my car. And so I said, just go on without me. And they all said, no. And they stopped and they pulled up on the side of the road and they put my board in their car and we drove 80 all the way <laughs> to Ventura. So um, it was a really magical time. Um, I'm going to take you all on a kind of a quick tour of Sea Witches. Um, this is our fourth issue. This is um, this cover is um, paper. It's a linen and or organic paper that's dyed with ink from um, avocado pits. So, um, and it has um, artwork from our artist in residence, Savannah Rusher. We also made um, T-shirts to match. Um, so I, uh, for the beginning of every issue, I write a letter to the reader. So I'm going to start with that, and then I'm just going to read a few little clips from um, this issue and a little um, piece of fiction about mermaids from uh, issue two. Okay. Welcome to issue four of our zine for water people. As our cover suggests, it's about um, tides, so high, low, um, ingoing, outgoing. As our cover suggests, change like the tides is natural. With every transition, our old selves travel with us before being challenged to shift or flow in a different direction. Take pioneering skater Alyssa Steamer, for instance. She's using her muscle memories of dropping into cement bowls on land into the lineup as she pursues her newfound love for surfing. Maybe it's just me, but I'm seeing change come to all levels of society. Even some of our oldest institutions are relinquishing control, letting go of old ways, and moving into the present. One legendary media outlet that's being, been adapting to the times with more diverse storytelling is Surfer Magazine. Managing editor Ashton Douglas Rosa chats with us about her writing life, some favorite recent stories, and representation in the surf media. We have a wonderful artist in residence, Savannah Rusher, who is inspired by surf culture, minimalist abstraction, and civic signs. 
She not only drew surfy sketches for this issue, she also served as our guest art director. And we have paintings, photos, and poems from our intrepid tribe of international water people in our Sea Witches Gallery. As always, our conjure woman, Kahende Apara, closes the issue with your horoscope and conjures for 2020. Thank you for joining us. Um, so I'm going to read a little clip from, this is a piece about Alyssa Steamer. Raise your hand if you know who Alyssa Steamer is. Okay, we'll a few people. Um, we're actually, um, this piece has photos and quotes from a film called Timeless Areas that is um, written and directed by a woman in Ventura. So we're going to show this film tomorrow at Traveler Surf Club in Malibu if you'd like to come see it. Um, Alyssa Steamer, this is a little piece I wrote about her. Um, Whether they're cement or liquid, Alyssa Steamer rides waves with effortless abandon, an ease she's earned from decades of rolling around skate parks, bombing hills, and breaking bones. Her style and sheer talent have landed her endorsements and spots in skate videos that were previously only available to men. Enjoy this excerpt from the film Timeless Areas, which explores Steamer's transition from dropping into cement bowls to sliding across watery faces. Um, so Alyssa Steamer is the first woman to ever compete like on the Vans skate tour. Um, she was the first woman to ever be sponsored by a big skate company. Um, and it's like her sheer talent that got her there and her commitment and her um, skateboarding is so inspiring and of course now she surfs like better than I ever will <laughs> she just started like a couple years ago um but this these are just a couple of little quotes that she she's a really funny person so um this piece is about her journey from skating to surfing I skated for so long it didn't become boring but it was kind of like I just stopped learning and then once I started surfing I was like I want to get good at this. Like I had a fire under me to get good at something or at least learn something. Not get good at it, but get better at it. And so that was my main drive and motivation to be able to turn on a wave or navigate a lineup or whatever. So the transition was a lot was not a loss of interest, just something new that entered my life. And this I love this whole part. Skating is dirty. You're sitting on the streets, sitting on curbs at the bottom of staircases. Skating downtown, there's lots of homeless people, and it just gets dirty. Your hands are dirty, your clothes are filthy, you're sweating. It's rad. You learn a lot of street smart skating. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty much comfortable anywhere because I like, I've hung out in the gutter for so long skating. You're just outside running in the streets all day and all night, and you see everything because you're at ground level in it. But surfing is clean and cleansing. It's like the complete opposite. You're not wearing dirty clothes. You're not sweating. You're not having to pour peroxide on yourself when you get home. It's just mellow. <laughs> I love that. Um, this is a piece by um, Ashton Douglas Rosa. Raise your hand if you've heard of Surfer Magazine. Okay. <laughs> 
So Ashton is a um, writer and she's the managing editor there and she's been doing a lot of incredible work and telling really wonderful diverse stories and covering content that I've never seen in surf media before. And I was totally shocked when she uh, agreed to be interviewed. So I got to um, email her some questions and these are just a few clips, a few of kind of my favorite clips from what she said. And I think it just really speaks to Sea Witches and what we're trying to do. Um, I asked her, why do you feel it's important to have women in surf magazines? She said, media, not just surf media, plays a huge role in promoting gender equality and making sure women's voices are heard just as loudly and as clearly as men's. And that requires representation on a regular basis, which is something we actively aim for, even though it's a, it's a work in progress. But with our women's issue, we just wanted to take a moment to celebrate and honor female surfers at that specific moment in time, which was a tall order given that we only have a limited amount of pages to run a diverse array of stories. We didn't want the issue to seem like a marketing ploy or that we were shoving all our female-related content into one 90-page issue. We really wanted to showcase the women who sit alongside men every day in the lineup and celebrate what they're doing as surfers, environmentalists, shapers, photographers, and everything else. So I thought that was a really beautiful um, moment. Um, and then the last piece I have is from the second issue that we did. This um, artist's name is Caitlin Madison, and um, she wanted to do a double-sided. These are Swamp Witch twins. So they're sisters, and um, this is by far our witchiest issue yet. Um, she is a witch herself and um, really is in tune with nature, and um, I really love her work. She's done poster artwork for Patti Smith and some of my favorite musicians, and um, I just really wanted to give her a platform and pull her into our water community, and she was more than happy to do it. Um, so this issue is quite dark. Um, it was kind of during an interesting time um, in the political landscape. So um, the people in our community, I think we're feeling a little bit um, unsafe. And so the content that we got was just a little bit darker. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to um, put that in print and have it be a moment in history so that we don't ever forget that. Um, I myself, turns out, was in a dark place. <laughs> um, I wrote a piece of fiction for this piece, for this issue. Um, I tend to do more nonfiction and um, interview style work, um, but this was a piece about selkies. Raise your hand if you know what a selkie is. Okay, you people. Here's a painting that Caitlin did. It's not exactly a selkie, but... Um, a selkie is a myth from kind of like Ireland and that region and a selkie is a seal that becomes human basically right Olivia am I forgetting anything <laughs> okay I had not read this in a very long time, so. Um, 
<clears throat> the singing starts at twilight, that time of day when light tricks the eyes, making the land and sea appear as one. The king tide conceals jagged rocks and a ragged cliff. This is where they sing. The fishermen ache for a woman's touch after months at sea. The sirens sing for hunger and revenge. Their song drifts on the wind, turning the sails toward the rocks. A ship approaches. They swim out to greet it with long hair and emerald eyes. According to the legend, these sirens came to haunt the North Sea a century ago. It began with a selkie, a seal who sheds her skin on land and becomes human. In a cove not far from here, she and her sisters emerged from the water to sunbathe in human form. The sun sank below the horizon. They returned to the sea. The selkie with emerald eyes could not find her skin. A man emerged from the rocks. He offered her food and shelter. She shuddered in the cold and took his hand. They married and soon she, soon she was with child. The man left her alone day and night to fish among the frigid waves. He would return and find her staring longingly at the sea. He took her fishing with him. Her kin swam up to greet her, a swarm of silver fish. She smiled for the first time in months until the fisherman's net closed in around them. She watched them suffocate and struggle. In her seal form, she hunted what she needed to survive. The fisherman brought her on every voyage until she became too pregnant to travel. He remained on land and cared for her during the last months of her pregnancy. He cooked for her, repaired the cottage, and built a crib the color of the sea. He told her of his life, childhood, and the deaths of his family members. She came to see him as a good provider. Their daughter, Ursula, was born. Humanity washed over her, and she felt a spark of affection toward the fisherman. The Selkie became busy with motherly tasks. Memories of her life beneath the waves faded into memories on land of holding her infant, kissing her fisherman, and laughter. She was with child again three months after Ursula was born. The money the fisherman had made from his abundant catch was running out. The pressure of another mouth to feed sent him back out to sea. The Selkie refused to join him on his voyages. He would return frustrated from his meager catch. Their second daughter, Rowan, was born. The Selkie bore four more daughters, one daughter every year. Her skin became dry and ashen, her senses dulled, her vision faded into grays. The smell of the sea, nothing but a cold breeze. The fresh fish she once loved tasted tasteless upon her dry mouth. Sitting on the sand, nursing her one-month-old Ursula, became, Ursula came running down the beach. She asked her mother, Father, excuse me, she asked her mother, why has father hidden a coat in the roof? The Selkie's eyes widened. She handed the infant to her daughter and ran to the cottage. Frantically running her fingers through the hay roof, she felt a pelt. She pulled it down. There, in her arms, was the skin she'd been looking for all these years. It was brittle and dry like her. She clenched the skin in her teeth and ran toward the shore, shedding her human clothes. That, there's, there's more, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
come back up here. So that's sea witches. It's a wild ride. <laughs> um, if, um, do you, does anyone have any questions? <laughs> oh, because it is, it provides a space of freedom and it also has so many creatures and living things that provide for all of us too and things that help with um, making our world like a healthy place to live and I just I love things that swim and I love swimming too and being in the water <laughs> maybe you can answer too that's a great question I don't know what's I mean I love everything about the water even the sharks mm -hmm. I think they're magical um, I think I like the different types of water that you can um, look at or be in. Um, I grew up in Ohio, so I lifeguarded on a lake, and the water in the lake is really, really clear. There's no salt in it or anything, and I remember I would get to work. I was the first person there, and I would get to work, and um, the sun had kind of just come up, and it was warming the rock, and I would just go out. There was a pier, and I would sit on the end of the pier, and I would just stare down through the water at the um, we had like a barnacle problem one year, but they were really pretty. <laughs> there were all these muscles um, and life. I love that the ocean isn't always moving. I think that's really, really incredible. And I'm staying so still. So that's fun. It's like TV, but better. Thank you. I can share from Sea Witches, but I'm sure you know lots of. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a great question too. Thank you. Um, we're actually having an event at my our friend's um, surf club tomorrow. It's called Traveler in Malibu, and we're gonna all paddle out um, at first point, and it's supposed to be really good actually. <laughs> like the wind and the tide are all lining up, and so we're gonna paddle out at 10 a.m. And then um, have some time to warm up and change and get food. And then at one o'clock, we're gonna show we're gonna have another Sea Witches reading, um, and we're gonna show the film Timeless Areas. We're gonna have a Q and A with the filmmaker and a, a female surfboard shaper who is amazing. She's in town from Santa Cruz, so we'll talk with both of them about the creative process. Um, sorry, I missed when and where. Point in yeah, it's a traveler in Malibu. Um, thank you. And it's um, the whole day is from 10 to 4. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It's okay. I tend to get really into the details and then it's like, when is it? Um, so t 10 a.m. tomorrow, you can surf with us if you'd like. And you're, um, you should bring whomever you'd like. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're super open and inclusive community. I think um, I know so many groups that if you have, if you want to narrow down the question, I can like, but I have so many groups coming to mind. I mean, um, there's been a really like large um, kind of growth of surf therapy nonprofits that 
support youth with disabilities or um, youth of color or there's Latinx surf club um, in Huntington Beach that's like focusing on the Latinx community. Um, there's Brown Girls Surf in Oakland that I volunteer for uh, that is bringing women of color, intergenerational women of color out. So women, they say from nine to 99 um, <laughs> out to the water and that's very cool. Um, and so in San Francisco, um, I actually worked for a nonprofit called City Surf Project that is bringing youth, um, high school aged youth out surfing for PE credit um, during their school day. So I think in general, there are like so many different groups and there's like everything from academia in surfing to like just hanging out and renting boards and like your local beach um, at like a traveler surf club or a surf shop that has lessons. Um, so I think there's a wide variety of, of opportunities and communities within surfing. Um, the S San Diego State last year put on the very first academic surf conference that I spoke at and it was so powerful because it was basically a convening of um, recreational surfers and nonprofits and environmentalist groups like Surfrider Foundation and then people getting their doctorates and PhDs um, and masters studying surfing um, as a discipline um, from economics to gender studies. So it's really fascinating kind of what is happening in the surf space. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Um, I was wondering, as a follow-up to the why you love the ocean, how can, like, what can we do to protect the oceans? Like, we all know there's, like, a huge plastic problem, and mm -hmm. ocean is super important, and coral is dying, so, like, are there any, like, nonprofits specifically, or actions that you recommend people can take to do mm. their part? Yeah. I know there's probably a lot, there's, there's a whole, like, field of study around yeah, um, one group I really like is called Five um, Five Guyers, and they're here based in Los Angeles area, um, and they're really focusing on like the research and about microplastics, and they have so many resources on their website that you can do to like take personal choice in like making decisions that would be less impactful to the ocean. Um, one major thing I like to promote is reef safe sunscreen. So the sunscreen that we all wear, um, it, a lot of the like typical sunscreen at the drugstores has a chemical called oxybenzone. And that actually, I mean, it hurts us, it hurts children and it can get into your skin um, and, and cause um, some health issues. I'm not specifically sure which ones, but I just know it's harmful to us as humans, but it's also really harmful to the coral reef. Um, and so in Hawaii, on Hawaiian Airlines, they've partnered with a reef safe sunscreen called Raw Elements. And Raw Elements is one that I use, but there's so many other um, reef safe sunscreens. You can see on the label um, if it's good for like going into the ocean. And I think that's a that could have a huge impact if everyone started um, moving away from like traditional sunscreen. Um, it's like a small change that you can do at the drugstore, but it can actually have a Im big impact for our coral reefs. And I think in general, like the way we start talking, the way we talk about climate change, I think we're not, we're on this spectrum of, we're not actually needing to convince people anymore that it's actually happening or it's real, but more so that we need to um, move the conversation away from like the doom and gloom to like a more hopeful conversation. And so having climate conversations with folks that isn't like 
shoving down these ideologies down their throat or like the fear and the scare and the blame um, more towards conversations that are helpful and looking towards solutions based um, that we can we can do something about it um, and I think systematically as well I'm trying to move away from like telling people individually that we can all like you know we can do things like sunscreen or like use a reusable water bottle but I think there's larger system changes that if we all like worked on policy or if we worked with our government or with corporations that can have such a greater impact than like our everyday smaller things. So it's interesting to think about, I work at a science museum that focuses on um, coral reefs in the Philippines and we're actually growing coral polyps in our lab. Um, which They're is so cute, really fascinating. Um, and coral, like, and just like educating yourself about like what coral is. I think, like, it's an actually an animal. I don't know if like not everyone knows that. So I think it's like really cool to like know that and just have passionate conversations about science and like compassionate conversations about science and about climate as well, and have more compassion towards people and um, the choices that they have available because it's not always. Um, their fault in a way, you know, like there's certain communities that that's what they have access to. So having more compassion towards folks that don't have an option um, to make different choices that could be impactful to their, you know, to their income um, and things like that. So I guess that there's a lot of pieces about, you know, what's happening with our ocean and how we can take part. But I think the art piece in Sea Witches is so wonderful because it brings like the connection, you know, of um, feeling compassion and connection to our earth too and to the ocean, which is so important in this conversation too. Like we need to feel um, as though it's our responsibility and though we are part of it as well. So, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Leah. Leah Karansky over here is our art director for Sea Witches. Sweet. She makes everything look beautiful. It's amazing. Um, and thank you for that thoughtful question. Um, I believe it's two paths, which you already totally touched on. <laughs> One is the macro level. Um, I would love someday to see large corporations responsible for the entire cycle of their product, which includes the packaging. If they were paying for the recycling instead of us, I could go on about this forever, but that is the policy piece. Um, and then I think the other path that's really important is the personal piece, um, which are those conversations that we're having. And um, so, and it also touches on the kind of next iteration of Sea Witches. Um, so we're really leaning into diversity and we've been doing that and we're going to um, lean really hard into environmentalism. Cool. Some ideas that we have for the next issue is a wetsuit guide mm. that is um, for women by women. We will be taking zero sponsorship from any corporation or company. So these are honest um, reviews, including a lot of information about the environmental impact of the materials. Mm. And we're also going to include some information about where you can take your old wetsuits. Oh, cool. And any other... Yeah cool like ways to keep things out of landfills mm. um, and I'd love to expand that into surfboards because there's a totally. really cool um, space for that right now it's really exciting yeah 
I also want to start um, a section in Sea Witches called Kitchen Witch. <laughs> and um, these are recipes for you to make your own shampoo, your own lotion, your own sunscreen. So it's better for you, your own. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, so I've been piloting a shampoo bar because it totally breaks my heart that I have to buy these giant thick. Why is the plastic so thick? <laughs> like with just shampoo. Um, and even if you buy in bulk, the, the jar or the container that has the bulk shampoo is plastic. So just really trying to like break out of that system. And I know that me not buying shampoo for a year isn't going to make a big difference, but the conversations that I have mm -hmm. about not buying shampoo for a year will make a difference. Yeah. So policy and conversation is hopefully a way forward. Yeah. Yeah. And creativity. I think we need creativity and innovation. And I think we need to listen to our young people. I think um, seeing the youth um, climate action summit that they all they organized, it was completely youth organized, like across the world and seeing like young people of this generation really stepping up and saying like, this is our home, we care about it, we have like a huge cause. Um, that is worth fighting for and like leaving high school to do that is really revolutionary and I think we need to as adults we need to ally with them we need to support them and listen to them as leaders in our community including little ones like Lila yeah. <laughs> what do you think we should do about climate change and the environment Okay. <laughs> On that note, are there any other questions? <laughs> I love that. No? Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you, Skylight Books. This yeah, has been really fun. Thank you. Those are, yeah, those are the, um, the dye is made from avocado pits. They're all different. And they're all different. Yeah, great. Leah taught me how to make um, ink and dye out of organic material found on Ooh. the California coast. Nice. Yes. So. Uh, do you have these too, Margaret? And we do have, I mean, we have these have as well. well. Mm -hmm. These are from our artist in residence, Savannah Rusher. This mm -hmm. is her, um, she's an amazing illustrator. So That's thank cool. you. Yeah. Yeah. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.